that there is a lack of God, there is a lack of desire for his presence. Amen. For his presence. And um, that's very concerning. I don't know if it concerns you or not, but it concerns me that people have a lack of desire for the things of God, for the presence of God. And, um, you know, and I know I was raised up in old church, but, you know, it's thank God that this generation isn't raised up in that because we'd all be going to hell. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you, they, they would uh, get on to you and find out where you were if you weren't there for Tuesday night prayer. And uh, they would question your salvation if you miss Wednesday night church. And uh, if you didn't show up on Sunday night, hell is your destination. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, you know, it was, it was something they would be right up on you. Amen, Sister Mary? Amen. And they, and, uh, but today it, it's as though that they're, you know, and I know that it's not about works, but it, ought, it is about desire. And when there is a lack of desire for the things of God and the house of God, it's very concerning to me. Amen. Amen. And uh, it's not just this house, but it's God's house all over this nation. Last Sunday morning, I was privileged to preach in Poplar Bluff. I preached to over a thousand people on Sunday morning. God blessed us. People saved, people delivered, people ministered to in a fabulous way. And, uh, you know, I would feel like that if God touched you like that, you'd be back again. Um, but on Sunday night, probably preached to 400 people. Amen. And it's so, not, so it's not just here. It's, it's all over this nation. There is a lack of hunger for the things of the Spirit, for the things of God. And, uh, and I'm not beating anybody down. I'm just saying that's, that's a concern uh, that we need to really be concerned about. Amen. And, and it's Miss Amy's fault because she sung that song and caused me to think about his presence. It's what we need. Amen. We need his presence more than anything else in our life. And uh, hallelujah. And we, we can be hungry for those things. God can give us an appetite for the things that uh, he, he desires. And uh, I want to uh, continue tonight in, in in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, and verse number 11 and 12, we started talking about the anointing this morning, and uh, I want to uh, follow up with some of that here tonight. It's, it's been in my heart. In Isaiah, chapter 58, and verse 11 and 12, it says, And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy your soul in drought, and make fat the bones, and you shall be like a watered garden, and like the spring of water, whose waters fail not. And they shall be for uh, you, for thee, of thee, shall build the old waste places, and you shall raise up the found foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Amen. And then in Isaiah 61, he says, uh, very familiar, but I want to 
read it tonight for our consideration. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and opening of the prison doors to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes and oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness and plant the planted of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste place and shall rise up uh, from the former desolation, and they shall repair the waste city and the desolation of many generations. Amen. I just want to say tonight that, that we don't need anything new. The, we, a lot of times people are looking for something new. They're looking for a new fad. They're looking for a new uh, this and a new that. And, and, and it's not that, and I've even got, seen preachers, good preachers that have gotten off of the path of what I believe the path is uh, just because they're trying to say something that nobody else has ever said before. They, uh, and there's one uh, preacher that's well known in America today, and I call him the shock factor preacher. He, he is, uh, and I won't even call his name, but he, he's, he tries to shock people with what he says. And I say that the only problem with that is, is you've got to keep the shock factor up. If that's your thing, then you've got to say something more ridiculous the next time to shock people. And, uh, but the anointing and the, the word of the Lord is enough. Amen. We don't need a new anointing. We need a fresh anointing from an ancient oil. We need, uh, the oil can uh, grow stale, as I talked about this morning. Our, our freshness can grow stale. We can come to a place where that heavenly things no longer excite us, no longer uh, it calls us to uh, have a passion for those things, and we become mechanical in our worship and in the church. And as a result, we become ineffective, and we lose our effectiveness. We lose our saltiness, right, to a world, to impact the culture of the day. Where uh, is that fresh oil? Where is that freshness of God upon our hearts and upon our lives? You see, we are the church of the living God. And we uh, have to maintain a relationship with him, stay connected to him, or we will lose our freshness and our fire. We'll lose our freshness when we don't have that personal relationship with him, as I pressed on that some this morning, where that we know that we know that we are praying and saying, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. We're not trying to feast on yesterday's bread. We're not trying to feast on yes, what God gave us yesterday and things gone by. Samson lost his uh, power with God, relying on what used to be. 
Amen. He used to be anointed. He used to have the word of the Lord. He used to have the strength. He used to have the power. But now he finds himself in a place dependent upon what he used to have. But what he used to have isn't working in the now. And so what he, we see here is, is we cannot just say, well, we once had it. We once, we were saved. We, we were spirit-filled. We had the power of God. We had the goodness of God. We had the grace of God. We, we had all of this and it's wonderful to have it but do we still have it is it still flowing in our life is it still operating in our life because you see what we have to understand is ancient is not antiquated it's not outdated and the bible says that this same spirit that was on jesus will be upon us that same spirit that raised jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies right and this ancient oil has as we talked this morning has a formula where where we take the five spices, the, the fine spices, the myrrh, the cinnamon, the canna, uh, calamus, the cassia, and the olive oil, and we bring it together, and it creates an anointing oil, and this, this anointing comes, and what does the anointing do? The anointing is a sign of being set apart. It's a symbol of being empowered for a purpose. Amen. God doesn't just anoint us to, to look good. He doesn't anoint us to look cute. He doesn't anoint us to look like we are superior to other people. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon us. It comes upon us for a purpose, for a task, for to do a work in the earth. When Jesus referred to himself, he said, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me, and I'll tell you what he's told me to do. He said that I am to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the day of the Lord has come, right? And so he knew his assignment and he knew the spirit of the Lord or the anointing had come upon him. I'm telling you today that, with that we have learned to do our life and learned to do church without the anointing. Amen. But I'm, I'm telling you that church is a lot better with the anointing. <laughs> Amen. The anointing where we thank God for gifts, we thank God for talent, we thank God for ability, but where the, when you, you can, whatever area it's in, whenever you can have somebody that's anointed to sing, and it'll make up for less talent to sing. The anointing, anointed preaching will cause something in the atmosphere to change and to shift to where that what cannot be accomplished by man can be accomplished by God because it's not the parades of flesh, right? When it, David was just another man, he was just another young boy until the anointing came upon him. But when the anointing came upon him, he would grab hold of a lion. Think about it. He would grab hold of a bear and slay it with his bare hands. That's not a normal thing. And normally, you don't grab a lion. You don't mess with a bear. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And in that moment of anointing, he was able to do what was inimaginable for a normal individual to do. And I'm telling you today that that is the reason that we must have the anointing. Why? Because when sick people come, it, it is crazy. 
it is strange, it is weird that we would lay hands upon them and pray and believe that their life is going to be different than it ever is except for the anointing. Because when the anointing comes, hallelujah, that anointing can cause the sickness, infirmity, and disease to be broken off of their bodies and off of their life and for strength to come back to them. It's the all in the anointing. It is the anointing that will cause blind eyes to open. It is the anointing that causes deaf ears to be unstopped. It is the anointing that causes the lame to leap for joy again. We need the anointing today. It is the anointing that will take a hardened heart of humanity and crush it in the presence of God and cause them to weep like a little baby. It is the anointing of God that transforms our heart and causes us to come out of darkness into his marvelous light and have joy in doing so. Amen. It is the anointing. Amen. In the book of Acts, something happened and God sent the third person of the Godhead into the earth to empower us to do kingdom work. Amen. And since that time, he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, in my authority, in my anointing, they shall cast out devils. Right? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They drink any deadly thing and it shall not harm them. Amen. He is not talking here about the preacher. He is talking about anyone who believes. Amen. Anyone who believes has this kind of authority, has this kind of power. Lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. Amen. Now, you know, we don't test God going around drinking things that are deadly. But if you do, it shall not harm you. Amen. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be a witness unto me. Both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And so from that day forward, they received this power, they received this anointing, and they left. And from that day forward, they was known as the church at Antioch, right? In Acts 3, the lame man comes, and they come to the gate, and at the lame man was there all of this time. But now they had an anointing upon their life because they had been to the upper room, and things had been different at the hour of prayer. They had passed by him many times but now they come in an anointing and they said silver and gold we do not have but what we do have we're going to give to you we cannot give to people what we do not have if we are not anointed if we do not have oil in our vessel if we do not have the spirit of the living God flowing over our life we cannot impart it to somebody else but whenever we have that fresh oil upon us when we have his fresh presence upon our life we can lay hands upon the sick we can speak to the lame man and say today is your your life is going to change forever you're going to get up and you're going to walk today hallelujah 
You see, Saul was converted and he began to preach Jesus. The Bible said that he spent a few days with the disciples and then he started preaching Jesus unto them, right? That's was something supernatural that took place because they usually would go and they would be in the school of ministry and they would prepare themselves. But Saul, he had, he had been learned. He had known a lot of things, but he was just on the wrong side of this thing. But his heart got turned around and, and now he sends a, God sends a man and says, there's a man over there by the name of Saul that's blind. I want you to go lay hands on him, right? Amen. And he says, I've heard about Saul. He's a bad man and, and God just let him stay blind. <laughs> right? That's what I'd have told him. He's done enough damage to the church, but now God says he's, his heart has been changed. There's an anointing upon his life. And so he goes and obeys the word of the Lord. He goes and lays hands on Saul. His eyes receive sight and he, his sight is restored. And he spends a few days with the disciples and now he is preaching Jesus unto them they looked at him and said is this not the one who was destroying the church is this not the one that was imprisoning those who were preaching Jesus and now I'm telling you today that that's what we can expect in this hour we can expect those who are in bondage those who are in darkness those who are in all kinds of sinful lifestyle but God will raise them up in his anointing and he'll change the trajectory of their life and their sorrow will be turned to joy. Their mourning will be dancing. And they'll reach a lost and a dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they're anointed to do it. Amen. They're anointed to do it. The Bible says many were healed. Dorcas was restored to life, right? And so we see all of this happens because of the anointing. Because of the presence of God. And in our text, God speaks to us about these last days. And he tells us that we are the answer to the world's problems. Amen. Now, I don't know if it was humility or if it was false humility or whatever. But whenever I was raised up in the church, people would preach stuff and say stuff like, don't look to me. Don't look at me. I'm not here to be seen. I'm not here to be heard. Well, you should have just stayed at the house. <laughs> right? I think I know what they meant, and I think they meant it well, but it's not true. The anointing of on us, the God in us, the Bible says it like this, that men will see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And so they have to see us. We, they have to hear us. We have the gospel. We have the message. We have the story that is able to change their lives. And so in our text, it tells us that in this last day, that his church that is anointed will be the answer to the world's problems. In Isaiah 58, he tells us uh, the kind of fasting that God desires. He said that it, it, and then he connects the type of fasting that God desires to being the answer to man's problems. And he says that we will help the hungry, we will satisfy the afflicted soul, that we will be a light and, and that will dawn in the darkness, that God will make our bones fat, right? 
And he said, and, and shall build up the, we shall build up the old waste places, raise up the foundations for many generations. Amen. We would be the repairers of the breach, restorers of uh, streets to dwell in. And so he is saying to us that we are the answer. I want to submit to you tonight that we are the answer. We are the answer to this region. We are the answer to America's problems. And we are trying to put it off on the government. We are trying to put it off on political systems. We're trying to put it off on man-made things. But the man-made things will never be able to change this world's problems. He says that in Ezekiel, I believe chapter 22 and verse 30, he said, I sought for a man among them who would make up that wall or the hedge and stand in the gap before me and on behalf of the land and that they, they should not or should not destroy the 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 and to uh, to not destroy the uh, nation but he said I found no one I found no one think about that I was looking for somebody so I wouldn't have to bring destruction. Somebody that would stand in the gap. Someone that would be a go between me and them. Somebody who would make up the, the distance, be a filler. And he says, I couldn't find me a man. I couldn't find me a woman. I couldn't find nobody. And God is looking for gap fillers today. He's looking for men. He's looking for women that are willing to be gap fillers between God and the hurting world. Amen. How do we do that? We do that by allowing his anointing and his presence to fill our life so that we can be empowered to make a difference in their life. Amen. You know, there ought to be enough God in us for us to influence people that we're around. Amen. There ought to be enough of God in us to influence us. If you are not strong in your faith and you walk in this 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 life this life uh, long enough and you you're not strong in it then you'll find yourself telling those those not so good jokes at the water every morning with the rest of the boys if you're not strong in your faith then you'll not be able to stand up and be a witness to the little girl that is on the street if you're not strong in your faith, you'll find yourself not being able to be that voice of help and hope in a hurting and a broken world. But I'm here today to tell you something, my friends, that November the 5th is not going to fix this nation. Amen. Yes, we pray for our nation. Yes, we pray for godly leadership. Yes, we pray. But I'm telling you today that it is not going to fix. the uh, November the 5th is going to come and it's going to go. And no matter who sits in that seat come January, it is not going to fix the problems of our nation. And, but nothing is going to change until there is a change in God's house. Amen. And like a 
mighty army. We must accept the mandate upon our lives to be repairers of the streets, to dwell and so that the generations that are coming behind us will not have to deal with what we're dealing with. That we stand up and say enough is enough. And we don't need a, a, a something new to accomplish this. We just need a fresh anointing from that ancient well of our salvation of his presence to empower us and give us the anointing and the strength that we can rise up and declare the kingdom of God has come unto us and take our rightful place in the kingdom of God and say it is not by might nor by power but it's by the spirit of the living God that dwells on the inside of me and lives and empower us to be able to do what we cannot do on our own. Amen. And when will this happen? When will this take place? Genesis chapter 27 and verse 40. It says, by the sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother and it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Amen. You know why our country is in the state that it is in? You know what's the nation's problem? Our nation's problem is real simple. And that is we haven't, the church isn't restless. The church isn't restless. The church has become satisfied and complacent where empty altars no longer worry us. Where we go weeks and months on end and nobody comes to salvation doesn't bother us. Where that people come in and come out as they wish and they desire and never having, as I said earlier, never having no passion or having no fire in their body, in their spirit. Amen. We haven't become restless. And as the consideratory result of that, we have a nation that is under hell spell. Amen. And the only way that it is going to be broken... The Bible says here, he is talking about the brothers that are at war with each other. And he says, and, and he says, I've already given your brother, your brothers tricked me. I've already given him the blessing of all your, him and his, your mother have, have, have done this. And they have already given me the, I've given the, the blessing away to him. But he said, you're going to have to serve your brother until you become restless. Amen. And he says, when you become restless, then you're going to break the yoke, his yoke from off of your neck. Amen. To be yoked up with something means you're going in the same direction that it's going in. As, as which you're yoked with. It, the same direction, whatever you're yoked with, you have no choice. You have to go together. The same direction. Amen. You have no choice in where you go. You have no choice in the direction that you're going to go. You have no choice in how far you go, right? 
And as long as you're yoked up with something else, then it's going to determine where you go, when you go, how you go, and it will determine the direction that you go in. But the Bible says here in this story, he says, when you become restless, amen, when, in other words, when you get sick of it, when you, you've had enough, Whenever you, you're tired of the road that you're forced down and you've had enough of it, he says and when you get restless with that, then you will begin to do something that will enable you to break the yoke off of your neck. Now in Isaiah chapter 58, God told us that he would make our bones fat. Amen? I read it to you. I know you didn't notice it, but I did. And he says he will make our bones fat. Anointing oil, every type of oil is a fat. Amen. It's a fat. Every type of oil is a fat. God says, I'm going to make your bones fat. Glory to God. In other words, I'm going to anoint you with something, amen, that's going to put some meat on your bones. Spiritually speaking. Amen. And, and so now what does that mean? Then I begin to tie this together. If I'm going to break the yoke that is so easily put upon me, if I'm going to break the yoke, then I've got to get some strength and I've got to get, and, and now my bones start getting fat. Amen. All oil is a fat. He's going to anoint my head with oil. My bones are going to get fat. Amen. And I'm going to become too fat for that. Amen. I'm going to become too fat for that. Have you ever ate too much? And you outgrown your favorite clothes? Huh? You got just a little too. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. You just got a little too big for that. Right? It wouldn't fit anymore. The thing you used to, it used to like, the thing that you used to enjoy, the thing that, that used to, you know, you used to dress up in or whatever, you, it got too small for you. And I'm telling you that in this season that we're in, we have to get in where the oil is, where the fat is. Praise God. I'm telling you everything is better with fat. I said everything. Praise God. If you're going to make me any biscuits, don't you dare bring me no keto biscuit. Put some Crisco in there, glory to God. It'll be all right. Amen. <laughs> it'll, it'll taste good. It'll cause the bones. It'll become fat. And I'm telling you that the anointing of the Lord will cause you to be spiritually fat to the things that used to yoke you up and the things that used to control you will no longer control you. The things that used to fit you, that, that depression that used to fit you, it just won't fit no more. That worry that would come, that anxiety that would come, it just won't fit anymore. That doubt and that unbelief, it just, it just won't fit anymore. Why? Because I've become too fat for that. I'm anointed with a fresh oil from heaven that is upon my life, that has given me strength, that has given me growth, and I've outgrown those things that the enemy used to put on my life to try to hold me in hostage and captivity, and now I have been anointed with an anointing that not only will it not hold me any longer, but it will not hold me in bondage, 
to telling a hurting and a broken world the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and praise God we will go forth in that fresh and oil from heaven and we will draw from that ancient well until we become the repairers of the breach we got to do you see we we understand that within this season that we're in it may look dark it may look bleak it looks like there are no morals in our nation any longer it looks like that people don't believe in God anymore it really certainly looks like that they don't know anything about his presence or his anointing upon their life or believe the word of the Lord as being truth but I want to tell you today that God has called you he has called me and he has anointed us for this season in such a time as this that we will rise up and we will repair the breach we will take care of the broken places we will rebuild the waste places that the enemy thought he had held captive in bondage of all kinds of wickedness and, and perversion but we're going to come like a mighty army out of the ashes of nothingness and we're going to rise up and God is going to anoint us in this season with a fresh anointing from an ancient well that's going to cause Pentecost to look like a Sunday school picnic why because Pentecost was good for then but we need we're dealing with industrial strength demons and we need an anointing we need a power we need a fire in our bone that will not back down that will not cower that will not run but say Satan the blood of Jesus is against you and we will prevail in every circumstance every situation we will lay hands on the sick and they must recover we will cast out devils in the name of Jesus the kingdom of God has come unto us and we will prevail and we will overcome because we're anointed for this we're anointed for this we're anointed for this so we won't, we won't make excuses anymore in this season. I said we won't make excuses in this season. We're anointed. Amen. Amen. We're anointed. And because we're anointed, we do things. Amen. You've heard me say it probably a hundred times. But you don't put gas in a car that don't run. You don't waste your time charging a battery that don't work. And God don't anoint people that don't do nothing. Amen. And you don't even have to feel nothing. Just be obedient. Amen. Just be obedient. How do you do it? You know, I think sometimes we want to, and I'm not saying it as a whole, but I'm saying we want, it, we want it to be in an atmosphere like this. We want it to be in a church setting. But what's wrong with us going up to Kroger? Somebody tells us about their broken situation. And we just said, well, let's pray about that. Oh, thank you. No, right here. Well, they, they, they may think I'm crazy. Well, they may think you're crazy until they feel the anointing that's on your life touch their life. Then they won't worry about crazy. 
Amen. You see, this thing's got to get bigger than a building. This thing has to get, we, we're, our, de- our time is short. Our time is at hand. And, and we must believe it. Either we believe this gospel or it's all a lie and a facade and we're all crazy. But I believe the word of the Lord is true. I believe that this last day church, is, it, it must have an anointing. It must have a power of heaven that touches us, that we will prevail over every circumstance and every situation, and that every, there will be no question who Jehovah God is. There'll be no question in this last day. Amen. Why? Because we have repaired the breach. We have rebuilt the waste places. And we brought hope to a hopeless nation. Amen. Can't do that without the anointing. But with the anointing, it's possible. With the anointing, we can do it. How many believe you're like Jesus? I'll try that again. How many of you believe you're like Jesus? The Spirit of the Lord is upon you, for he has anointed you. Amen? You may never stand behind a pulpit. You never, may never sing a song in public, but you're anointed. You're anointed for a task and a mandate that God, God may never require for you to come up and preach or to teach or to do any, but you're anointed, amen, for an assignment on your life to proclaim liberty to those that are captive, open the, the prison doors to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to, to the day of vengeance and comfort those who mourn, amen. We're anointed for this. We're anointed for this. So let's not cower. Let's not run away from it. But let's embrace it. What do you say? And let's build up the waste places. Well, Pastor, I, know, I don't have that kind of voice. We have a voice for the, the place that God has placed us. We start here. Amen? We start in this place. And we believe God that as the passion and the hunger grows in us, that the anointing of the Lord will come stronger and stronger upon our lives that we may be able to make a difference in everything that we touch. Amen. Praise God. That's what I come to tell you tonight. Amen. Father, I love you and I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you for these moments that we have to spend together in this house tonight to worship you and to bless you. I ask you, Father, that the word that you've stirred in my heart, that you will stir it in the ears of the hearers tonight. God, stir it in their heart as well. That, God, that we can rise up, that we can do what others think is impossible. But by your grace and your anointing, you make the impossible possible. God, we believe you for that tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, these signs shall follow me. Because I believe. Thank you.